Welcome to the Time for Teaching podcast. This podcast explores the joys and challenges of teaching in higher education. I'm Kelly Fox. And I'm Kim Reed. And gosh, is it ever ever a lovely day out there today. Hello, spring. Very exciting. I so exciting. I am loving the sunshine. My office is in the basement and I am dying because it is beautiful upstairs for sure. <laughs> All right. So today we are super excited to be joined with, all right, Adam, I'm going to try it with Adam <laughs> Zupchik, who is a Perfect. coordinator, instructor, and, and from what we hear, a heck of a good time at our Midland campus. Kim, <laughs> what else should we know about Adam? Well, Kelly, I'm glad you asked. Adam was born in the Schwa, or for those who don't know someone from that area, its more formal name is Oshawa, and later moved to Aurelia, where he attended Park Street Collegiate, and eventually settled in Barrie, where he and his lovely wife and their cat, Ashby, live. Adam started his post-secondary education at Durham College and then made his way to Georgian, go Grizzlies, where he completed all three levels of his apprenticeship at the Midland campus. By trade, Adam is a master electrician, but he has pressed pause on that for a minute as he is currently in the process of transitioning to a full-time gig at Georgian. And although he's not working hands-on in the world of electrical at the moment, he is still heavily involved in the community as a subcommittee member for the CSA, Canadian Electrical Code and Ontario Electrical Safety Code. I hope I got that right. (laughs) When he's not working, Adam is an avid snowmobiler and fisherman. His friend Chris tells me that he regularly catches some impressive one to two pound sunfish. (laughs) Just kidding. He's a bass man. His favorite movie is The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, which sounds like a compilation of my mood swings since last March. He loves watching The Blacklist and hates drivers who insist the passing lane is for sightseeing. His favorite book is the Bradbury classic Fahrenheit 451. And one more interesting thing about him is that he's tall. Like really, really tall, clocking in at a towering six foot five, which I'm sure makes running wire in confined spaces really fun. Adam, we're so pleased you could make the time to be here with us today. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Woo-hoo. That was pretty awesome, Kim. Well done. Yeah. So I will confess a little bit about um, uh, knowing Adam. And so, Adam, you and I had the uh, chance and the opportunity to share space in the academic development program uh, fall, I believe, of 2020. Is that right? Absolutely. And so as we were doing the information and doing the bio and stuff, and the information came that you were 6'5", I was like, wait. I don't know this about Adam because that would be something that you would know about somebody. Right. And I right. realized we have never met in person. So nope. knowing we're five is like, would never have known that because of our virtual uh, connection for sure. So that was pretty cool. I guess exactly. these are our new realities, aren't they? Yep. Uh, yep. Absolutely. Well, we are super happy that you were here today. And uh, why don't we just sort of jump into some questions? So why don't we just really start with um, telling us a little bit about yourself uh, and well, telling us a little bit about your journey to Georgian College um, and then your role here with uh, the Georgian community. Sure, that sounds great. Um, Yeah, looking back, um, my journey started in high school. Um, I had great grades in high school. Uh, people, you know, were encouraging me to go to a university kind of, you know, direction. And, and you know, I didn't think that sitting in an office type of environment was for me, that academic type of role. 
Um, and I had a great mentor actually in, in high school. I had a, a great shop teacher who uh, showed me the ropes and gave me a taste for the electrical business. And I'm glad I never looked back. I, you know, I went to Durham College for the one year uh, electrical techniques program at the time. Georgian didn't have anything like that. And uh, it kind of gave me a foot in the door, a little bit of, you know, you know, when you're shopping yourself around to a potential employer, you know, you got a bit of background experience. And, uh, and yeah, so I, you know, finished college and I started looking around for an apprenticeship. Um, I always tell people, you know, the hardest part of an apprenticeship is getting an apprenticeship. So that was a that was a bit of a tough go. But eventually I did end up with the uh, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, uh, where I served out my apprenticeship with in multiple different contractors all over the province and a great range of experience. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, part of my schooling was done at uh, was done at Georgian. So in terms of my apprenticeship training, all three levels were done at Georgian. So, um, you know, talking to the coordinator at the time, he kind of asked me, would I be interested in teaching at some point? And when I eventually became licensed, I got a phone call one day and I said, yeah, absolutely. That sounds fantastic. And then 10 years later, there was uh, some position changes in the department and a full-time position opened up. And, and that's where I am today as a full-time faculty member at Georgian in the electrical apprenticeship and electrical techniques program. So pretty cool little journey. And uh, like I said, no regrets, no regrets. Very cool. It's always nice to hear. We have we've interviewed quite a few people actually who are Georgian grads. So quite a few uh, Georgian alum coming back to teach at Georgian, which I think speaks to uh, the experiences that people have, which is wonderful. Okay, so you talked about teaching in the apprenticeship program for folks who teach in other areas of the college and are unfamiliar with what this means. Could you please provide some information about how apprenticeships differ differ from co-ops? Sure. Um, Yeah, co-ops, I guess, for the most part, the college is very involved in, you know, organizing the employment. Um, they can be paid or unpaid and and you're not necessarily guaranteed employment with that same employer when the co-op's done. Uh, apprenticeship is the complete opposite. Um, you have no schooling at all technically when you're trying to look for an apprenticeship. Um, you find an employer who's willing to sign you up and uh, you know, willing to take that investment into you with the, you know, the time and, and resources. And um, schooling comes as a result of your apprenticeship so once you're in the system and you're you you know you're you're learning with your employer uh, eventually the ministry sends you to school and then school is kind of uh, broken down into three terms I know for for different trades it's different but in the electrical trade it's uh, three terms of school about uh, every 1800 hours or so you you, you get sent to school there's uh, three levels of school for us uh, an eight-week level uh, a 10-week level two and a 10-week uh, level three so um, there they're very intensive. Uh, they're 30 hours a week, uh, five days a week. So uh, schooling is very intense. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's you earn while you learn from your employer. And when you're in school, um, school is heavily subsidized. Um, you're only paying four to five hundred dollars. Uh, you're collecting unemployment because you are a, a working individual. And uh, and yeah, so it's it's quite different in the in the order things happen for apprenticeship. So yeah, and in terms of uh, in terms of an apprenticeship, uh, the electrical apprenticeship is about 9,000 hours. So it takes about five years uh, to complete. Uh, about 840 hours of that is the in-school training. So, you know, it's a, it's a relatively small portion uh, of the uh, of the training. But uh, yeah, and it, so it's about, like I said, an average of four to five years to complete. And uh, once you're done, um, you know, 
the world is your oyster. You can start, you know, running your own business, whatever, whatever you feel like doing at the end. So very cool. Excellent. Yeah. So how difficult is it, Adam, to get an apprenticeship, like to find employers who are willing to uh, take people on like that? It can be very difficult, yeah, especially if you're somebody coming straight out of high school, you know, where you're trying to convince them, hey, listen, you know, and please invest five years of your time and effort into me. And, and uh, you know, I promise that I won't leave you at the end. Um, you know, that's the risk employers take is that they train you and then all of a sudden you disappear at the end of your training and, and you know, mm-hmm. they're left with nothing. So uh, it that's where like a single or a, excuse me, a, a one year program like the techniques program uh, really puts you head and shoulders above of, uh, you know, somebody who has no experience, you're coming to them and saying, hey, look, I'm invested already a year of my own time. I'm really interested in this. I I know how to use a hammer. I know how to use a drill. <laughs> so, um, you know, we take those kind of things for granted sometimes in the trade. You know, we have somebody that comes and, and has no experience in that whatsoever. So, you know, it, it like I said earlier, it's it's the hardest part is getting that apprenticeship is selling yourself and, and you know, somehow proving that you're, you know, more qualified than the other person who you know, really, you have no qualifications at all to begin with. So, <laughs> right. So, is part of the electrical techniques program that you guys offer now? Do you kind of provide um, guidance for students as to how they can market themselves to these employers? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we we help them. Uh, you know, in their comm class to to write resumes and to uh, we kind of build the skills and and tell them what employers are looking for and and um, you know kind of guide them as as to how the process works, what they should be doing when they leave school, um, you know, m- how to market themselves. You know, advertise that you took this program and that you know you've got the the uh, you know advanced knowledge of, of, you know, electrical theory uh, compared to someone who doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we're always getting those questions and we're more than happy to help uh, those individuals. I'm proud to say I've had, I was at the beginning of the techniques program and I uh, I'm probably sitting at 50 or 60 individuals who uh, have come through the techniques program and now have completely graduated their apprenticeship and are now licensed individuals, which, you know, uh, a five-year process plus the year of, of techniques, that's a that's a long journey, you know, you've, you've, had, you've seen these students in the techniques program, then in their apprenticeship, and uh, it's quite a rewarding feeling, actually. I, I, it's, you know, it, at the end of the day, it's something that I look forward to seeing these people come through the program, so. That's cool. You know, it's funny you say that, Adam, too, because one of the things I absolutely um, look forward to and cherish is when I do see the students cross that graduation stage. It's one of those ones that actually it I, I can't even um, explain the emotion that I feel. And um, and I'm always surprised, like every time it catches me, because I'm like, no, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry this year. And I do. Um, I so never I say that. Even... I always say I, I will cry. I definitely will cry. <laughs> There's no chance I'm not crying. <laughs> but, you know, when I think about that and, and um, you know, in particular, the dental hygiene program is uh, two years. And, you know, just like you, Adam, it's intense, right? And you build a community of students and you build community, uh, like a learning community, and uh, you really get to know your students, but five or six years, you know, and knowing what they're out in the field and they're meeting connections that you know and people that you know, and then they're, you know, coming back to see you a little bit and, you know, so on and so forth. It really is a family. I can't even imagine. So I can't even imagine the sense of pride that you, you do experience when they are fully licensed and, you know, out in the world for real. All right. So one of the things that also has happened uh, this year, I'm not sure if you heard. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, 
um, when I think about the uh, trades education, right? And the first thing that comes to mind, and I imagine most for most people as well, is it is a hands-on learning experience or hands-on business. Um, And a lot of the students, kind of like what you started with, which is, you know, I wasn't really into, I don't want to sit in an office. I don't want to do sort of that academic side of things. I want to touch things. I want to do things. I want to manipulate things. So I imagine there was probably some challenges in particular over this past year. Um, So what are some of the things you did to adapt to um, this new learning, this remote learning. And if there was, and maybe if there's anything that you learned, or maybe there's something you're going to keep going forward, maybe you could share that with us a little bit. And I don't know, maybe is there something that has from this, my favorite word, not really, uh, pivot. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> that has changed, maybe um, forever changed, you know, you, your students, right. um, forward. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, like you said, definitely one of the challenges was, um, you know, the hands-on learning. These students, they a lot of them went down the road because they are hands-on individuals, and uh, it's been a challenge. Um, we've had a happy balance of of maintaining about a 50-50 split, where you know, um, about half of their you know theory classes and things like that have been online. They still come into the shop. They still need to have that tangible, you know, looking back. You know, we we talk about uh, you know virtual reality and. and and videos and all that stuff in the trades you know how tight is tight you can't emphasize that through a video right so you know when you're in the classroom and even in a theory class oh you guys really aren't getting this well let's hop downstairs with some meters and take some measurements and provably show it you know um, that option isn't there unfortunately when in the online environment so uh, it's it's been of a it's been a bit of a challenge for sure I think one of our biggest successes is that we've done it all synchronously so when you have a class at eight o'clock there's an instructor waiting there and is with you the full two hours for that particular class I think that's one of been our biggest success is you know we're, we're there with the students and we We've, we've utilized WebEx and Microsoft Teams and all these, you know, virtual meeting, um, uh, what do you ever want to call them, programs, I guess. Um, so that's been one of the uh, the one of the ways that we've kind of had some success. We've utilized Blackboard. That was something we didn't utilize in our program uh, much with apprenticeship, uh, just because of the fact that the students aren't with us long enough, um, you know, getting them kind of into that system of, of going online and, and utilizing Blackboard. But I think that's one of those uh, changes that I think we're going to maintain where we, you know, we incorporate Blackboard and, and the learning management system into our into our program for sure. Um, the question is online. Um, the, our biggest challenge too is, we, you know, not everybody has a good connection. Uh, not everyone has access to, uh, you know, strong equipment to be able to do this. You know, I hate to say it, but Mac users, industry, a lot of stuff is Windows based. And when we start using industry based software, which is we use free to download programs, you know, we don't economically burden the student, but it is a challenge. Okay, now they're on a Mac computer and and we have to use this Windows based software, right? So um, there's a lot of challenges, Um, you know, moving forward. Absolutely. I think there is, um, you know, viability for certain things to be online, perhaps theory and those types of of classes, but definitely the, you know, the shop classes and the and those types of, uh, you know, where you need to be touching and feeling things, I think, maybe online. Well, unfortunately, may not be uh, the apprenticeship takes, unfortunately. So 
Yeah, it's wonderful to hear all the ways that you guys have adapted. And of course, as people who support Blackboard, we it's very exciting <laughs> to hear that you guys are leaning harder on Blackboard now. Right. Um, it's nice because the more students across every discipline get used to it, the more familiar right. they are with it. And it's just wonderful to hear that. But yes, you guys are doing so many wonderful things and that's fantastic. We're going to ask you now to kind of switch gears and possibly do the impossible. Okay. Um, and we're very excited and interested to hear your thoughts on this. So we've, we've been asking a lot of folks on the podcast, what do you think the future holds for education? What do you think the future holds for your particular area? So we're going to ask you what you think the future holds for electrical or for the trades in general. So kind of building on what we were talking about now and how we're going to be kind of changing how we educate uh, tradespeople. And do you have any thoughts on the future of educating trades or to add one more layer on the complex question cake? What would you like to see in the future of educating tradespeople or the future of electrical? Wow. Okay. Well, um, yeah, in, in terms of the electrical trades, um, it's not going anywhere. Um, you know, we're, we're sitting in front of a computer right now. That energy is coming from somewhere. You know, the push for renewables, when they talk about renewables, well, it happens to be electricity they're talking about. So grid infrastructure, um, building infrastructure, uh, home automation, industry automation, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, uh, you know, there's a construction and maintenance electrician, but there's also an industrial electrician. And they're often the ones programming and installing the robots and maintaining them. And so, you know, it, there's different avenues within the industry. So, you know, I can think alone from when I started till today, how much has changed in industry and, uh, you know, the training that has to go behind it. I think that's part of our challenge in the electrical trade, at least, is that, you know, keeping up with the latest and greatest technology and making sure that we're able to deliver that to the student effectively. But that's also one of the problems, I think, uh, with the trade, you know, is, I, you know, I look to the medical field, you know, you, you have doctors, but you have doctors that specialize in certain disciplines. I think, unfortunately, sometimes, uh, you know, employers come to the colleges and expect the apprentice to know everything leaving uh, the college. And I think maybe, uh, you know, in looking to the future for the electrical trade, maybe having specialties where they come back for little micro credentials, uh, as opposed to, you know, coming out of school, assuming that you're, you know, you're qualified to do everything. Well, uh, I can, you know, take an, an apprentice who's never gone into a commercial building and wired house their entire career uh, might not know anything about automation. So let's maybe make the automation a micro-credential that they can come back for later um, as opposed to, you know, making it something that's uh, required for, for everyone. I think that that's a challenge as uh, an educator in the trades is how the variety of experience that comes your way. You know, when you come into level one, you've got the industrial electricians are in the same stream as the residential electricians. And you're talking about house wiring and they're like, yay, I know everything about that. And the industrial electrician is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> right. So I think that's one of the challenges. Um, you know, unfortunately, provincially, um, we don't have much leadership right now. The College of Trades is kind of in limbo. Uh, I would like to see kind of a, a provincial kind of guidance, you know, somebody who's willing to take charge and say, okay, this is the direction that we're, we're going in, in terms of training. So unfortunately that's not a college problem. That's more of a, more of a provincial problem, but uh, yeah, I mean, the trades in general aren't going anywhere. We, we all took a shower, flushed the toilet today, you know, we need plumbers, you know, um, I look at auto mechanics, auto mechanics are turning into uh, electricians, you know, ele electric cars, you know, they're servicing electric motors and batteries. They're, they're slowly turning into electricians, right? So um 
there's always room for trades and and you know you can never go wrong even if you're out of the trade for a while you you, you have that license as long as you keep it renewed you can go back and uh and go back into the trade at any time so so i think that's that's some of the challenges that uh that we we see coming up um yeah and you know in terms of you know in-class training, uh, making sure that we have the uh, the equipment and the funding to support this new technology. I think sometimes, you know, we're expected to do a lot with very little, unfortunately, in the trades. Um, so that that's one of the challenges as well. So, um, yeah, but uh, the future, my goodness, that's such an open-ended <laughs> question. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what an answer, though. Gosh, our kind of claim to fame on this podcast is asking all the questions and not having the answers. <laughs> right. And you've you kind of presented all of these issues, but then presented some really great like possible solutions for them too. So good on you. Maybe we can make you like a, a trio to this hosting, this hosting. Group. Right we on. need you. Right on. <laughs> I love too, Adam, that you included like micro credentials and, you know, sort of that forward thinking, um, in terms of re, re, retooling, sorry, not a not meant to be a complete pun, but you know, retooling for um, for students, but also upskilling um, is another term often used in relation to to micro, micro credentials as well. So that's really cool. Right. Love to see that. And you know, the age old uh, challenge and concern, which is you know, retooling our labs so that they do reflect what's happening in industry, um, and it's costly, and we all know that too. And then trying to sort of sort out what is the right tool or instrument to have uh, because they can be hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, and, you know, looking to the future to make sure that we have the right one. And like you said, to be, uh, to get out into the field, you know, to kind of get going and stuff as well and not be so specialized as well. So, all right. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit and uh, talk a little bit about uh, you as a full-time faculty. So you talked about being with Georgian uh, for 10 years, and then you sort of took on this role of full-time faculty and then uh, got, I think, flung into the deep end. And they said, hey, you want to be a coordinator too? Uh, so why not, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so tell us a little bit about what that was like, because you went from the trades and then you transitioned into this full-time role um, from, you know, working as a full-time electrician and part-time teacher and now you know working as a coordinator too so tell us a little bit about that well um you know transitioning to teaching was interesting um <laughs> thinking back that's a nice uh, way of putting it <laughs> construction the construction industry um you know language and conversations can get quite colorful uh so maintaining a professional <laughs> professional atmosphere could, could, could I, be difficult at times i have you know? to tell kim that all the time absolutely <laughs> we have that conversation all the time <laughs> yeah so that, that 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 was one of the biggest uh biggest challenges the other challenge too was uh, part-time uh, juggling the 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 teaching aspect and you know still working in the trade um, you know we're we're kind of beholden to electrical inspectors and they only inspect in areas at certain times of the week and certain days and and uh, you know juggling oh well I'm teaching a Monday morning class and guess what I need to meet the electrical inspector there that same day so that was kind of a you know it's a it's a juggling act and making sure you're planning your workout but um, at the same time uh, you know working in a regulated temperature regulated building was kind of nice so um you know you're not in the snow and the dirt and the dust and the grime and all that so um yeah but uh, i think a lot of the construction see i you know i'm a construction maintenance electrician and i've done more in the construction side of things a little bit of maintenance but i think in terms of uh planning uh organizing um that has you know 
has really carried over itself well. You know, you, you, you show up to the job, you know, what is the job? What tools do I need? What materials do I need? What budget do I need? How long is it going to take? Um, I think lends itself very well to, uh, to teaching in general. So uh, I miss it. Uh, I'm not going to lie. The last, you know, couple months, I miss being on the tools. When the pandemic started, I, I you know, I went back fully into the trade and uh, worked for a local contractor uh, helping manufacture masks at a, at a local uh, facility here. And uh, I kind of miss it. Um, you know, I kind of miss being on the tools. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I never envisioned myself on the academic side of things. But at the same time, um, you know, I think I have the personality for it. Uh, you know, sometimes it can be difficult, that transition where you're kind of, you know, sometimes a lone wolf on the tools where, you know, you don't like working with other people. So, um, you know, being a team player, that's that's a huge part of, of the role as a, you know, not only a part-time, but as a full-time faculty where you're kind of the, you know, the central person in the, in the program, it's, uh, you really got to bring that team player aspect to things. So, um, yeah, the, the transition, I mean, luckily I had a, I had a good mentor. I had, you know, Tom Roberts as my mentor in the program there, who, who was a great mentor. So, um, you know, I, I considered myself lucky to have, I've kind of trained under him. So I bring a lot of the, the skills I learned under him to, uh, to the full-time role. So yeah, it's, uh, I enjoy it. Uh, yeah, but the transition was interesting to say the least. <laughs> yeah, we hear that a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I know you say you're lucky to have been mentored by Tom, but from what I hear, the Georgian community is incredibly lucky to have you too. Um, well, whether you. it's students talking or thank other you. faculty, they're singing your praises for sure. Thank you. Good very guy, much. good teacher. <laughs> so we're very lucky to have you. Thank you. Um, we also hear that you and your colleagues are quite popular for a number of reasons. Your right. classes are fun. Uh, the trade <laughs> itself is a very popular program. Um, and we know that it's in high demand. So we actually, I think Kelly actually said that there's like a waiting list maybe, or that you guys have been like capped out for the past few terms, which is amazing. Um, so we just wanted to ask a little bit more about what do you think is so appealing to students about getting into the electrical field? You know, I have to say the whole earn while you learn thing, um, you know, I'm, this is not a brag, but I look at me and my sister. My sister went the university route. She's a very intelligent person, lots of scholarships, still left university with a lot of debt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, by the age of 26, I had a house, two cars I paid cash for. I had a boat, a snowmobile and no student debt to show. Right. And and in job security. Right. Electricians aren't aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the main drive is that, you know, the trades have been here. They're always going to be here. Um, you know, the earn while you learn. Uh, you know, school is heavily subsidized. You, you know, you know, you, you use the same books throughout your entire schooling. So once you've purchased your books, you're kind of good to go. So, yeah. And it's and it's the broad range of where you can go. Um, you know, being a master electrician, I can run my own business. Um, so, you know, if, if that's something that you you know want to do eventually is you can go run your own business. You can go work for somebody. Um, you know, you can you can teach, obviously, like I am. You know, you can go different aspects. You can you can specialize in different parts of the trade. You know, if, if automation is your thing, a lot of people go down that automation route, which leads them to other avenues, you know. So um, and yeah, like you said, the program is fun. Uh, the hands on aspect using the tools and 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 dealing with real people, you know, trades people who are often very colorful and, and bring their own uh, <laughs> take on things. I think that's, uh, you know, uh, the students appreciate that, you know, I, I get the comment a lot, uh, especially in the techniques, the one year program, you know, after a couple of classes, wow, you know, 
I feel like an adult here. You treat me like a, you know, a per, you know, a regular person here. I'm not treated like a child, like in high school, you know? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm prepping you for the real world. You know, this is the way you're going to be get treated in the trade. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, <laughs> you don't forget your red Robertson coming to, to work. Well, then why would you get your textbook coming to class kind of thing? Right. right. So, um, yeah, I think they appreciate that. And I think the, the whole, you know, the support, the government funding, the grants that are available now, um, you know, there's the, uh, every time you complete, your apprenticeship uh, schooling. There's a $1,000 grant for level one, a $1,000 grant for level two, and then a $2,000 grant for a licensing exam. And there's incentives for for the women in the trades. It's actually double. Um, So there's a huge incentive there. So it's actually double the value. So yeah, I think there's a lot of government incentives. I think there's reality of earning while you learn. So I think Mm -hmm. that's a (laughs) a huge part of why people are so interested in, in our trade and in trades in general. So yeah, that's fantastic. And I think this speaks to kind of a larger conversation that I'm not sure we've had on this uh, on our podcast yet, Kelly, but it's um, it's funny, Adam. It reminds me of when I graduated from high school, too. And there was kind of the understanding of like, if you have grades in this range, you go to university. And if you have grades in this range, you go to college. And it seems like that's such a dated and archaic way of doing things. I ended up going to school for decades in order to get where I am right now. And I think that it's not it. There's this misconception about like, if you have you know, these certain grades, then you should go here because you're going to be in a more academic field. And there's tons of people who have great grades who can excel and do so well in these programs at colleges. So I think it's so nice to see this kind of swing happening where it's not an automatic, like your guidance counselor says, okay, you look at this book and then you look at this book. My kids talk all the time about what they want to be when they grow up. And electrician is one of the things that my kids have talked about. Yeah, we have a friend, Chris, and then my cousin, um, Billy, is also an electrician. And they look at the work that they do and say, wow, that's so cool. It would be so so awesome to understand how that works and to be able to, you know, have your own business. One thing that's really appealing to them is having a vehicle with like their company logo on the side of it. Apparently that's like big currency in the like six to nine year old range. Um, so getting to design a cool logo and drive a truck that has your logo on it. But yeah, it's so cool to see like our kids looking at people in the trades and saying, these are really great jobs. These are really great careers. And obviously it makes me so excited too, because it would be wonderful to have our kids be Georgian grads and hopefully someone will end up with you and your electrical program. Well, it's it's kind of interesting. You said, uh, Kim, that we hadn't really talked about this either, but you know, it is, um, you're right. It's an old archaic way of thinking of education for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you actually, you know, Adam, in these last few minutes, just listening to you, right? Like it's a well-paying job. You actually have to be smart. Like I can't even imagine it blows my mind if I had to like take care of a robot or take care of an industry or, um, you know, I think about computers and all of this stuff, like it blows my mind. You have to be very smart, critical thinking, because you probably can't for some of these things, just open a book and say, well, there's step one and there's step two. You have to understand some fundamentals, but then also apply them and keep continually uh, learning. And, you know, it's funny when I reflect on myself um, from my experience, and one of the things that sent me to teaching was the thought of I didn't want to do the same job for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I wanted 
variety. I wanted opportunity. Um, for me, it wasn't always so much money, um, but it was like I wanted a chance to try something else and do something else. And so that was always appealing. Uh, and I hear that when I hear you talk about trades and in particular electrical, because whatever is current now, as you say, in the future, there's going to be more and different and newer. Uh, and, you know, just like a lot of, of uh, trades, we can't predict what the future will look like, but we do know it'll probably be different. So that's pretty cool. I, I, I hope a lot of guidance counselors are listening to this. Well, maybe we'll send it to the guidance counselors. I'm not sure. but <laughs> I just have to make a quick note about how cool and collected you were about throwing in that current joke, Kelly. <laughs> I, we're keeping things current. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I'm good. I'm really good. Thank you for catching you. that. <laughs> uh, well, Adam, thank you so much for stopping by. It has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today. Uh, say hi to everybody at Midland. I miss being able to go up and say hello to everybody and to see everybody and just kind of hang out. I remember one time being able to share lunch with everybody. Uh, that was so much fun. You guys do so many fun things up there. So thanks again for uh, for virtually stopping by and having a chat. Yes, and come back anytime. We'd love to chat with you again and are always excited to hear what you guys are up to. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. This was a blast. And Adam, just so you know, we're interviewing Mac in the next couple of weeks. So uh, is he, there anything that we need to know before we head oh into that gosh. interview? Oh, uh, gosh. Let me see. <laughs> uh, yeah. Should I stop recording? Do we need uh, to take this off? <laughs> just, just make sure you uh, you, re, you uh, go back to TVO and, and recount the whole pokeroo uh, situation. <laughs> Okay, there we go. You just missed them. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, Adam. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.